Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, Patrick Beverly sitting there at home. Russell Westbrook sitting there at home. Kendrick Nunn sitting there at home. Thomas Bryant demanded a trade only to ride the pine. And the Lakers, they can move on to the second round tonight. Let's start with some Lakers stuff specifically, and then I'll kind of wander around the league because it was a fun night in the NBA. Uh, The Lakers tonight have a real opportunity here to end this thing in five, get a little bit of extra rest as uh, the Kings and the Warriors, that series probably going seven. It's going at least six. It's probably going seven, I think. Um, and, and, you know, depending on their approach to this one, it's going to be really interesting to see their approach because LeBron, you know, for all the talk of how he, and he does, uh, usually ease himself into series when he has an opportunity to close it out. He normally makes good on that opportunity. Uh, he knows how important it is to not play extra games in the playoffs, to not play with your food. To not give, especially in this era of of area of, of uh, variance in the NBA, how important it is to go out there and not put yourself on, in a situation where you have an off shooting night and the other team has a good shooting night and a game that you feel like you should have won doesn't go your way. Uh, it I you know game three really sticks out to me as far as how the Lakers can look if he starts a game right from the get go and sets a tone. And uh, I'm really looking ahead to this one to see if that's what the Lakers can do here. Now, with that said, the Lakers are going to have to play 48 straight minutes. We saw the, the Suns last night, uh, you know, kind of stumble around and almost lose a really stupid game because they let their foot off the gas. We saw Boston actually lose a game at home and, you know, Atlanta at home in this environment where they might smell some blood in the water, that's good, that they're, they're opening themselves up to some troubles there. Denver in their game, you know, almost had to go to overtime in, in, in a game five, played at home. And the Lakers, we saw the Lakers in game four uh, mess around and, and play with their food and have to go to overtime to beat the Grizzlies only a, a night or so ago um, as you guys are listening to this. So, uh, if the Lakers do start the game out well, that is by no means an opportunity to kind of take a deep breath or anything like that. They're going to have to play for 48 minutes because, you know, say what you will about Memphis and 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 say what you will about this this young team and how much they, they still clearly have to learn and, and grow about how, uh, you know, learn about the way that the league actually kind of operates and this idea that they have the West or that they're not worried about anybody in the West and how that approach has really come back to bite them in the ass. Um, say what you will about it, they're still really talented, and they are still very capable of getting hot, going on a run, and making the Lakers look stupid. So uh, it, I hope that the Lakers show up ready to go, and they shut the crowd up as quickly as possible. But it, you know, if they do that, that you know, they can't also afford to then give momentum right back and and have a game on their hands all all over again. This is an opportunity here to, you know, you have your foot on the throat, 
just got to stomp him out. Uh, you know, not quite Draymond style. Don't <laughs> don't get suspended or anything like that. But end this series as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, the other thing here that I'm looking for in in uh, Game Five tonight, Anthony Davis needs to get it going. And the Lakers to this point have really relied on, you know, forcing a switch and trying to take advantage of that switch only to have uh, Memphis full front in the post and force the Lakers to throw these over-the-top passes. And that's usually after they've made a couple passes around the perimeter, trying to let AD repost against Desmond Bain or uh, uh, against Ellen Brooks or against whoever it might be. In this one, I, I really think the Lakers need to go away from that, that uh, type of offense. Uh, I know in the playoffs, it really does kind of come down to finding the scab and picking at it and picking at it and picking at it and picking at it. But in this case, the Lakers have found that scab and, and it, it's not doing anything for him. So uh, I, if anything, I think trying to approach it that way and seeing Desmond Bain, seeing Dylan Brooks and seeing, you know, some of the younger or smaller guys on Memphis as a scab has actually gotten the Lakers into some trouble. So I would like to see the Lakers just kind of operate as they normally do get AD rolling to the rolling to the basket and and then you know from there I would say try to score and if AD is going to eat allow him to eat just off of the offensive glass and and allow him to provide you spacing that way it's either that or you know trying to see what he can do in isolation and and you know see if you can get enough guys diving to the to the basket or floating around the perimeter when he has the ball in that isolation and when Memphis has their attention kind of focused on him, see if you could work off of him that way. But this approach that they've had, certainly in the one that they had in game four, where it is so predicated on trying to take advantage of a switch or a mismatch that Memphis gives you. Um, I think that really got the Lakers into some trouble here and, 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 you know, it's something that they need to avoid. The other thing they need to avoid is, you know, really kind of slowing down the offense when they don't have to. I know this is exhausting. And I know uh, that this Lakers team has basically been at full sprint with maybe like a week or so gap in there uh, while they waited for the play-in games to take place. The Lakers have basically been in full sprint mode for like two, two and a half months now, going on three months. And I know they're exhausted. I know they're beat. Um, but like I said a second ago, you know, the best way I think to avoid getting more tired and more fatigued as you get ready for your next series is to lose this one and kind of squander this opportunity to, to close the series out um, when they can. And, and one big factor here that I think has really kind of defined when the Lakers have looked their best and their worst when the Lakers are getting stops and letting that get <clears throat> force, you know, transition opportunities that they can take advantage of against Memphis, uh, that's when they have looked their best, right? It forces Memphis to take the ball out of the rim because you're scoring more consistently. Obviously, you're getting stops. And it's just this snowball effect that, you know, allowed the Lakers to go from six down to up 15 in the first half in game four. It allows them, you know, when they when they were getting back into the game, that's how they've done it. When they have really gone on all of their runs, a lot of it has taken place in transition. And I know postseason play usually doesn't have a lot to do with uh, with you know 
transition and, and, and those opportunities are, are harder to come by. But, you know, what, what the Lakers really have to focus on here, and it, it kind of bit them down the stretch of last night's game and at the beginning of overtime, um, when they're given opportunities to run, I think they really have to continue to do it, especially when LeBron and AD and Vanderbilt and Rui and those guys are on, on, on the floor because those guys in transition are really effing difficult to stop. And, and you know, maybe with the second unit, you try to slow things down and you try to just kind of let those minutes go by as quickly as possible so that you can get LeBron and get AD back uh, into the game. But, yeah, when the starters are on the court, I think it really has to be go time um, the entirety of the time that that group is together or if it isn't just the the starters, you know the 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 starters and Rui in there, or the starters and and Schroeder in there. Sometimes, like just generally speaking, get out, run, and and take the air out of the building as quickly as possible. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Elsewhere around the league, the Clippers and their 11 or whatever game winning streak against the Lakers are scheduling their vacation plans right now. They are done for the year. Um, once again, Kawhi Leonard not able to go in, in their game five. Their, uh, Paul George obviously missed the entirety of the series. Uh, yeah, they made a run at it, and they were more competitive than I think people thought they would be without those guys. But um, at the end of the day, they're at home watching uh, with the rest of us. So that, you know, I, I, I don't want to laugh too hard because I want to see how the rest of this series plays out or whatever. But still, like it's it's yet another year. We're going into it. We get told all about how you know, look at that Clippers roster. Just look at them over there. And and once again, you know, they they show to us that, no, actually, you can't go with your stars playing half of the season and and try to throw together, you know, by design, right? It's one thing if if guys just miss time. And that's gonna happen as as this generation with Kawhi and and LeBron and, and Steph and and those guys are going to get older is, you know, they're gonna play sixty games per year. But it, it it's one thing to go into it with that as an understanding and then also lose some games on top of that. Whereas, you know, with LeBron and with AD this year and with Steph, they've missed time, but it wasn't scheduled missing of that, that time. And, and load management, like, you know, they can say that that's the best chance that they have at, at having Kawhi available and ready in the playoffs. Well, clearly that's not working either because once again, for now, like the third straight year, he isn't healthy and available for the playoffs. So that might just be the reality of their situation. And if, if that's the case, then I have no idea whatsoever what they do. I still have no idea whatsoever what they do here. They have a whole bunch of movable contracts, and they have plenty of talent that they could maybe consolidate. But for what? You're consolidating that talent, and you're still not going to have Kawhi healthy? Like, you still can't confidently say you're going to have Kawhi healthy? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the nice thing is they're they're designing this new arena with toilets in mind. Um, it's plenty of place to store all of these seasons that they keep having with Kawhi and Paul George at the helm. Then you look at the other side of the bracket, and it is set, right? You have Phoenix and Denver getting ready to, to, to get ready for their series. Uh, importantly, in both of those cases, they take care of business as as they as as quickly as I guess they could. Um, I didn't think that either were going to be sweeps. If there was a chance there might be a sweep, it would have been in, in Denver series. Uh, but credit to Minnesota. They got their one win. Both those teams, though, they move on in five and... Man, I have no idea how that's going to go. I, I'm really curious to see, you know, what the what what odds makers think of this one. Uh, the Suns have been favorites to get to the finals coming out of the West, uh, basically since Kevin Durant got there. I would imagine that hasn't changed all that much, though. You know, the way that they struggled with the Clippers, despite them not having Paul George or Kawhi Leonard for most of it, uh, that can be kind of concerning. Phoenix's depth is still very much a problem and it's not like you know chris paul and kevin durant are so young that you can just pencil them in for six or seven game series where they're playing 40 plus minutes a night and and not be concerned about their well-being physically uh and then you look at denver and you know all year i think they've been the best team in the west they uh again though like it this this series with Minnesota was pretty emblematic, I think, pretty representative of their season, where they start out the thing and you're like, holy shit, good lord, look at Denver, and then uh, over the course of the series, you're kind of like, well, there's there's some holes in in their roster and in their game plan that might be able to take it be taken advantage of. So uh, yeah, one of the holes. And one of the issues that Denver had was trying to defend Anthony Edwards, and Kevin Durant's a lot better than Anthony Edwards. So I, I'm really curious how how the odds makers look at that one. I think that's probably going to be a seven game series, and you know for the Lakers here, they get they have an advantage over whoever is coming out. They potentially have an advantage over whoever is coming out of their side of the bracket here that neither Denver or Phoenix have right both those teams are going into their series similarly rested and and you know there won't be an advantage one way or the other there for the Lakers though they take care of business tonight and if that that Kings and Warriors series goes an extra game uh here that's a that's an advantage and and given how closely bundled all of these West teams are and, and how jumbled that picture is. Every advantage that you can possibly have at every stage of these playoffs, it it, it, it gets compounded over time. So uh, again, as I said in the first segment, and as I've said basically since we, we entered into this series, that it looks like the Lakers have a real chance to win this thing quickly, and they have to take that opportunity. Um, and, and, you know... As I've said, basically, since they traded away Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn, um, I think this team has a, a has a chance at at doing some really crazy things here. And I said it to George Sedano again on, on the lounge, which I hope you check out as well. Um, the pathway here is once again looking, you know, I wouldn't say it's like a it's like a red carpet to the to the finals or anything like that. But there isn't a matchup here. 
that the Lakers are realistically going to face that I would say the Lakers have no chance whatsoever in. And and I would say, you know, depend if they face the Kings, they're probably going to be favored in that one. And if they face Denver, they'll probably be fa- favored in that series as well by Vegas. And then from there, you know, you take care of business in, in series that you're favored in um, for whatever reason. And you, you try to get to the finals, and, 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 and there it's a seven-game series. You never know how that's going to go. So, yeah, I, I really am just ecstatic about the opportunity here in front of the Lakers. And, and, and I would imagine, given the, the amount of experience that you have between LeBron and Anthony Davis, that they're looking at this and they're saying, yeesh, guys, like, let's go. Let's 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 run these guys off the court. Let's get them into their offseason where they get to start figuring out what they can get in return for Dylan Brooks. Um, whatever it is, the Lakers, I know, I just I just know that they are looking at this as a real opportunity. And and yeah, this is a Lakers team that has fucked around all season. And I don't think that's changing anytime soon, unfortunately. But hopefully here, even given that. The Lakers do enough to, to win this one and end this series as quickly as you possibly can. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Again, make sure you check out the, the show that I had, the conversation I had with George Sedano. Um, also, check out the uh, recap that Raj and I had right after the game on, on, on uh, whenever it was, a couple days ago. Uh, that was a fun conversation. I taught him about Leroy Jenkins, which is always fun. But I, I also think that we had some important conversations as far as uh, what the Lakers need to do to, to end this thing quickly and and moving forward, the things that they need to prioritize here uh, as, they, as they go through these playoffs, hopefully. So um, that is also on this feed. Make sure you're subscribed and make sure you're uh, rating the show. If you have any questions or topics that you want covered, and uh, you know that you that you really, really, really want covered. The best way to guarantee that that happens is to get your question in the form of a five star review. That mailbag is is uh, always fills up over the course of the week. And if the Lakers win this one, I know everybody's going to have thoughts or questions on on the way that the Lakers might match up here moving forward. Um, so get your name on that. Get your name set on the show. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have that nice little interaction uh, as we do every Sunday. So until tomorrow and until the next time I hear from you, which will be, you know, tonight when, uh, you know, after the game, uh, Raj and I will be here to recap it no matter how it goes. And then depending on if it, if it goes well, we might have a little surprise for you as well. So uh, until then, until, t- until the next time I talk to you, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.